Welcome to WeAreTechnology.com's User-Friendly 2.0 with host Bill Sickens, Technology Architect. And this is User-Friendly 2.0. Welcome to this week's show. We've got a great show for you this week. We've got an interview with John Hyatt, actor and director and producer of a movie talking about screen time. We've talked about this a little bit more on the sh- a little bit before rather on the show. The name of the movie is Screened Out, and he's going to be talking about what he found out when he got off of all of his social media. We're also going to ask him a question, has he been able to stay off of it since then? So that's coming up later in the show. We're also going to have the second part of our Star Trek segment that was actually supposed to air last week, and a lot of people asked us why it didn't. Well, you know, production (laughs) things. (laughs) You know, yeah. It happens. It happens. So anyway, but it's still going to be there, and uh, it's still a good section coming up later in the show. And we have some upcoming event, events to actually talk about. Um, these may or may not happen. You know, all of this is kind of up in the air right now, but we're erring on the side of optimism. Uh, Black Hat for this year has gone virtual. Uh, Chaz is definitely going to be going to that. In fact, he's already gotten his invitation. So Great. we will be covering that. And that's going to be held August 1st through the 4th in Las Vegas, but virtually. So we'll see what that may mean. The Star Trek convention is still on the schedule also in Las Vegas, August 6th to 9th, so we're planning to go to that as long as it's safe to do so. Emerald City Comic Con that was going to be back in March is rescheduled for August 21st to 23rd. August is sounding like a a busy month if all this happens. Kind of. So, you know, I'm kind of looking forward to it. I think a lot of us are being able to get out here and see some things again. Emerald City Comic Con uh, is an event that we have gone to. I've gone to it, what, once, and you guys have gone twice. Yeah. Yeah. And both times we really liked it. So, you know, hopefully that will, uh, it'll be good again this year. McMinnville UFO Festival is rescheduled for September 17th through the 19th. And the Silicon Valley Comic Con, October 16th through the 18th, which I understand has changed its name. So we're going to get some more information on that. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to get to some of these events. And again, you know, as long as it's safe to do so, we will be there. If not, then we will reschedule. It seems to have been the year of that. So, we got our news for this week. Our news this week is brought to you by the folks over at We Are Technology. WeAreTechnology.com is the place to go to get your website updated, get your phone app redone, get your software redone. Life will come back to normal at some point. It's good to have your technology ready to go. What's in the news this week? You can get an acre of land on Living Social for $15. There's only one catch. Yeah, this is kind of like, you know, I'll sell you the Brooklyn Bridge. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but this is actually a real thing. It was on Living Social. I checked it out and uh, bought it to see if it worked, and it did. Uh, there is one little catch. You can't get it until 2027 and the lands on Mars. But oh. uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nice. So oh. what they're doing is actually selling uh, books and different things, and it does have a deed of title. I don't think it'll be terribly valid when we finally do get there, but... Uh, but you can own, you know, an acre of land on Mars, and it's kind of an interesting thing. It does say for entertainment purposes only after, after you buy it for some reason, but yeah. I see. <laughs> what if you wanted a, a prime area where, you know, there was a patch of uh, polar ice? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you'd own the water rights. I don't know if that's, that's in there. Anyway, what do we have next? <laughs> User-friendly to return to Black Hat. Yeah, we were just talking about this. Again, it's going to be virtual this year. Chaz is going to be down there covering it for us virtually. So, you know, it's Mm. interesting. I have not actually been able to see a virtual version of any of the conferences we normally do. We 
We're looking at that with Google Next and a few other things earlier in the year, and then those even got canceled, again, for the idea of safety, because to do it virtually, you still have to have a crew to film it and all that. Um, so it seemed like at the time it was, uh, you know, something to do to just make sure people didn't get sick. But I think we're back to being able to do that safely now. So it's going to be interesting to see how a virtual conference actually does work, if it does. And I just look forward to the day that we're going to be able to get back to all of this stuff in a more normal fashion. Agreed. Sony to delay PS5 announcements. Yeah, so the PlayStation 5 is still coming out. We were going to get announcements this week with all the is going on in the world right now. Sony felt better to go ahead and delay this. We don't have an exact date, but I'm sure we'll see it a little later this summer. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the official stuff, we've talked about the rumors of this in the past, but what the official system is actually going to look like. I have seen some of the trailers and the graphics are amazing. And I'll just leave it at that. SpaceX flight successful. They got up on Saturday. <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> how... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you know. Cool. And one of the listener questions we've had in on this one is how come they couldn't just wait a little while on Wednesday and uh, you know send it up when the weather cleared up? And the reason for that, I asked, is because the launch is based on a number of different variables of which the weather is one. But they have to launch at exactly the right time to be able to make the telemetry and do the different things they need to do to have the flight go up in the proper spot. Yeah, because isn't the space station moving around the planet? Yep. And then the planet is moving? And then when you shoot something up, you got to coordinate that everything gets moves there into the, the right, right place. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. And part of that <laughs> is, is that your launch window has to be within a certain period or all those things don't, don't work out. And uh, that's why they had to delay it. However, the weather cooperated on Saturday and we saw the first launch from American soil since 2011. Everything went very, very smoothly. The one thing that really impressed me is the first stage rocket when it came landed right where they wanted it to. It was on a ship right in the right spot. I mean, you know, it just looking at this, you have some very amazing people involved to be able to get that to all come out just right. Atari VCS production ready by June. So uh, that's now. And it is June. It is June. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Um, so Atari, for anybody that doesn't know, this is a reboot of the original Atari 2600, or at least Yay. what we have known with that in the early 80s. It's a uh, built to look at least a little bit like the original system. VCS stands for Video Computer System, and that's what this console was called prior to the Model 2600. And the Atari was our Xbox or PlayStation of the day back in the early 80s. Yeah, I loved everything about that system except the joysticks. Yeah, it was. they did have some difficulties. I like the Atari 5200, which was a later model (laughs) of it. It was the same thing. The controllers would break down all the time, and then it was only made for about two years, so the game library was very, very limited. But it definitely was uh, something that uh, if you were a child in the early 80s, you had that, uh, ColecoVision, Intellivision, one of those type of systems. And the funny thing about it is is they've become collectible. I'm seeing the game cartridges go for upwards of $50 and $60 a piece, and if you happen to have the original boxes, uh, you can practically retire. It is uh, <laughs> it is amazing. amazing. Yeah. And, um, you know, so these are being collected by, like uh, comic books of the era and that type of thing. And uh, it's kind of fun to see that, but uh, they're re-releasing it. Now, the new system, at least from the specifications I've seen, is a Linux-based set-top box. So it's designed to work with your television and uh, you plug it in and you kind of have a, a center of the living room console. 
It was supposed to have been released quite a while ago. They do produce in China, so that's delayed some of their production with the uh, COVID and all of that shutting things down. Uh, but there's been some other issues too. And I know that we're looking at this. I hope that they are able to do it. And I hope that they actually do get it out. Uh, we'll see what happens. And if we can review the console, we will. You know, I still have my Merlin. Um, okay. Isn't that a wizard <laughs> from... Uh... <laughs> no, I mean, you, so you don't remember the Merlin? I, I may not be of it, that generation. To oh, okay. And I still have the Merlin, and I think I might still have it in the box. Yes, you do. And it looks like a telephone. Okay. But it's not, and it was a game. So you, you never saw Merlin? No, okay. that might be something quite collectible. So, you know, it's, <laughs> 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 Sorry. <laughs> no, but the, the games of that period actually are, and it's kind of fun. I know what the Atari is talking about. Having one uh, download where it's all of the original games, so your Asteroids and Pac-Man and that kind of thing. Uh, one of the other things that's a little it's bit interesting is they're talking about a gambling game where you actually can bet money. So I don't know, you know, what could possibly go wrong there. Oh, oh nothing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That could be really bad. I just want to be able to play Adventure again. That was fun. Adventure was fun. Yeah. I, and, and they had a lot of good things. I like Berserk with the, with the robot voice. Uh, yeah. You know, so they, I don't know. They just had a lot of, a lot of good things going from that so but uh you know we'll see what comes back what was the one that was uh elf fight like a human or something or your hell elf energy is running oh, out? um god uh, gauntlet gauntlet yeah elf hungry elf need food probably. yeah or something yeah, like, i remember you know <laughs> and it was like this big deal that it could talk the game talks yes. you know it said four words but it's uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness i'll tell you what it's uh Gonna be I still have the, some of the other handheld games. Like I had, there was a whole bunch that were really popular. There was basketball, baseball, and football. And I had the baseball one. And you, know, you handheld it and went, you know, and then you make the little guy run around the bases. Yeah, <laughs> it was a dot. I had a, I had a game when I was a little kid called "I Took a Lickin' from a Chicken," which was a handheld game like that, and is super valuable yeah. now. It was super mechanical and, and worked for about six months before it started having problems. I love that thing. And it was like Weird. a tic-tac-toe and the chicken went around and picked everything up. And, you know, so anyway, that's really important. But uh, there yeah, we are. <laughs> Great show for coming up for you after the break. We will be right back. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Joining me now is John Hyatt. Did I say your name right? Uh, John Hyatt, yes. Yes, hey, I got. I, we're at least starting out on the right foot here. <laughs> <laughs> so you have produced a movie dealing with uh, screen time and screen addiction. Yep. And uh, let's start with that. Tell us a little bit about the film, what gave you the idea to do this, and, and where are you going with it? Right. So um, I have three young boys. And they, uh, like every parent, I'm sure, can relate to this. Uh, when you take away the iPad or you take away the screen, they tend to flip out. And, uh, and you know, I, I was witnessing this all the time, and they were having real trouble um, detaching. And they, they always wanted to get back on. And, uh, and then I started reading a book, funny enough, about uh, childhood screen addiction. And uh, that scared me. But then I said, you know, wait a second this is not just about kids. This is about me as well, right? I'm checking my Facebook uh, numerous times per day, um, uh, Instagram, um, email. I, I can't put it down. 
So why is this just my kid's problem? And why is this just a generational problem? So uh, we were actually working on a horror movie at the time and then decided to put it all on hold and said, you know, this, this is the movie. You know, no one's talking about this properly. Uh, no one's making a film about this right now. And, and, uh, and we would love to go through this and then figure out, you know, what is this uh, doing to my brain? And indeed, what, what's it doing to my children's brains? Right, right. And, you know, now yeah, you were starting to talk about this a little bit where part, part of the movie is you put down your device. How did that go? Oh, it was tough. <laughs> it was really <laughs> tough. So it's, well, I mean, and I, and I would urge any of, the, uh, any of your listeners right now, just, you know, turn your phone off for three hours. See what happens to you. See what kind of emotions you go through. But uh, I, um, I, yeah, I, I, I tried to just, uh, you know, not uh, deactivate Facebook, not delete it. Right. And, and what de- uh, deactivating it does is you can just sign back in. So you can just put your email in and your password. And then it just brings your profile right back up. So it's funny because you'll sit down in front of the computer and you realize that you just log right back into Facebook right. without even thinking about it. And uh, so I was doing that during the making of the film. So then I decided, like, I'm just going to delete it. I'm going to delete, you know, 10 years of, of Facebook activity right, right. right now. And, uh, and it was tough. You know, for the first uh, couple of weeks, I felt like I lost my, my digital self. You know, I, I felt like I was a, it was a part of me. Um, but then, you know, things got better. And to this day, I, I, I still do not uh, have it on my device or anywhere. That was going to be my next question. Have you been able to stay off of these things? Yeah. Yeah. I have no uh, social media, no Instagram, none of it. And, uh, you know, I still talk to all my friends. I still, um, you know, keep in touch with everybody. As people send me pictures. It's not like, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm gone. I'm embraced, <laughs> you know, and, right. and you know, Facebook does a very funny thing. When you delete it, they show you pictures of all your friends and it says to you, oh, these friends are going to miss you. Like, you know, right, right, right. you're never going to see them again if you do what you're about to do, right? But, you know, you see them all. And indeed, your friends never even knew that their pictures were put up there in the first place. Right, right. So um, it's, it's just another tactic they use. But, you know, we're not advocating for, you know, get off uh, social media forever. I mean, that's something I did. But uh, we are definitely saying, you know, put the device down and, and limit your screen use for sure. I know one of the topics you talk about, and you kind of just alluded to it a little bit and screened out, is this idea that the way the tech is designed is to keep you there, almost like the same way you, you would have a, a addiction, a you know street thing, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And you talked about when you left your Facebook account that it kind of gave you the idea that you shouldn't do this. Is this a common theme? And do you notice with the technology that it has specific hooks in it, if you will, to keep you going? Oh, yeah. And I mean, we have uh, a few of the people in the documentary, we have footage of the, the it, you know upper executives of these companies who came out as whistleblowers essentially, and they're not just small people in the companies. These were major investors, uh, and, and indeed they've all gone on to start a massive group, um, which uh, condemns it right uh, right right now. And you know they're putting out their own media and doing all their own things uh, coming up. So um, yeah, it is. We know what they're doing. It's not a secret, and I think most people know that these uh, these uh, apps, uh, social media, and, uh, and gaming. Can be addictive, um, and and that something needs to be done about it. You know, from my standpoint too, and I, and I want to ask you this because I've I kind of got to a point where I've had a lot of the things that you talk about in the movie, and what I try to do is reduce my time that I'm connected to stuff. I'll turn off my phone in the evening and things. But I've actually found that members of my friend group will get mad at me. You didn't answer the phone. Well, it's ten thirty mm-hmm. at night. Well, no, you still you're not there. I mean, have you run into that type of a thing where it's coming at you from both ends? 
Yeah, and I think that's just been designed into it. You know, we talk about that, the documentary. You remember the BlackBerry? That's when it started, right? Right, right. You could tell, and, and Facebook does this as well. And this is how you know it's it's done by design. You know, it goes back to the Stanford, you know, the behavioral labs is, you know, a, a, the way of addicting people in many ways. But, uh, you know, when you read a Facebook message, it, it tells the other person that you've read the message. So then it's, if you don't respond right away, then there's an issue, right? Like you don't care. Right. Um, and I think that's, that's, that's deadly. I don't think that's something that should even be on the platform. Um, you know, because it, it drives this urgency to keep people hooked, to keep people coming back. And, and, and these little hooks that are, are put into the platform are everywhere. It, it doesn't stop there. You know, it, it plays upon our vanity when we post a picture. Um, you know, Facebook right now during COVID or, or most of these um, social media uh, companies are, are, are know that we're sitting ducks during COVID. So what do they do? They'll be like, your friend um, posted a recipe. Come check it out. You right. know, you haven't spoke to this person in a while. Like, what are you doing? You know, you, you, know, you, you should feel like, you know, you need to go speak to this person right now. And, and that's how they keep you coming on because it indeed is a war for your attention right now because they are monetizing your attention and they're making a lot of money on doing this. Yeah, and the time the time on site, and I know all of those metrics really play into it. And a lot of the articles you see is of how they're losing, you know, advertising dollars because of this or that. But it all kind of comes down to how much time you're in front of your screen. Mm-hmm. So, what are some of the things that you can do? I mean, quitting cold turkey is not easy for a lot of people, and the way that you kind of handled it. What would you should suggest to somebody if they're you're sitting there going, you know, I'm on my phone five ten hours a day. How how do we how do we wind that back? Right. And you're right. The cold turkey is, is mostly not the way to go. There's some great books out there about, you know, building good habits. Um, and one of them um, th- that I read talks about when we're building good habits, we don't want to just jump into something and, and just do it 100%. You got to start small with everything. So when you, if you want to use your phone less, the thing to do is to find a day where you, you're, you don't have to answer something. You don't have to answer work as much, like say Sunday. So say, you know, from Sunday at, from one, to four o'clock that day, start small. I'm gonna turn my phone off. I'm not, put it on silent, not turn off notifications, just turn it off. Go for a walk, spend time with your family and don't look at it. And you're gonna go through a range of emotions um, during that time because you're gonna wanna go back to the screen. You're gonna wanna turn it back on. Um, But start small, do things like that, see if you can do it. And then, you know, the next week, make it five hours. And then, you know, maybe add a couple device-free dinners in or device-free afternoons during the week. Right. And we're not, you know, saying no screen time. I mean, we're not enemies of technology in this film. We like technology, especially during COVID right now. You can, you know, video chat with your family members. Your kids can do their schoolwork. Um, you can do a yoga video on it. That's why this technology is fantastic. Right. Um, but we need to limit the time we use on the addictive side of the technology, the digital junk food like so- social media and gaming. So, all right, John Hyatt, the movie is screened out. How does somebody find your film? Right now, you can watch it on demand everywhere, you know, iTunes, Google Play, uh, YouTube. Uh, Yeah, check it out. All right. Well, listen, thank you for joining us today. Uh, This is actually a big issue, and I think people are going to really enjoy it. And I'm sure we're going to get a lot of questions in. So hopefully we can have you back on down the road to look at it again. I'd love to. Thanks so much for having me on. This is User Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break.
Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. This is the section of the show where we answer your questions. Send them in. We've got a couple of ways to do that on social media, one user-friendly on Facebook or Twitter. Or give us a call, 503-766-6264. What questions do we have today? I need a website. Should I use Wix or a programmer? So this is kind of a big question, Um, and it depends a lot on what you're doing and what your needs actually are. So if you need just kind of a go-to website where it gives information out about your business, a, a software like Wix would work very well. And what that is, is it's an online tool that basically allows you to drag and drop and create a website. And they have a lot of kind of really just easy to use, easy to do things on there so that you can get on, get your message out, get things set up. It'll look good. It'll work well, that type of a thing. But it does have limitations if you need to do anything special. So like an example of one of my clients is somebody that has medical office and they want to be able to take appointments online. And that is an example of a kind of website where you would need a program or you need someone to be able to go in there and customize it to your needs. So again, this kind of comes down to what your needs are. And what you can do, if you can do it through Wix and you have the time, it's certainly a way to get started quickly, and then you can always move on from that if you need to. Why is Star Wars, the Clone Wars series, not in order? So this has been a user question that has come in several times since (laughs) we did the uh, piece on the Clone Wars a while back. And Jeremy, I know you've done some research into this, and what they're talking about here is that if you actually watch the Clone Wars series in the order that it's published, it's out of order. So, why? Okay, (laughs) from what I've been able to find out, they originally weren't planning on, um, like, arcs of story. So, they were all standalone episodes. So, as you'd watch them, it wouldn't matter if you've seen a previous episode or not. But as they started to get farther into the series by season three, they realized that their target audience was actually the older people in the family, uh, not the children, and so they needed to have it actually make sense. So season three and four, they had to go back in and move stuff around. And you had to play this episode before that, that episode for it to make sense. And they also weren't planning on, as far as I know, having as many seasons as they did. So we had, they had to like go back and you know, move things around and say, well, this needs to be over here. And that needs to be over there. Well, in the cartoon that introduces Ahsoka, mm-hmm. that was, a, that was a released in, in the theaters. And that came first. Right. Yeah. So, and the movie is like the second or the third thing you're supposed to watch in order? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, how would, I guess the second question of this is, how would one know what order you're supposed to watch these in? You go to StarWars.com and you can find the list on StarWars.com. Okay, cool. Cool. All right. Why don't we throw that out on our social media too this week, just so it's out there. What's Actually, our next- I think I already had. <laughs> okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Let's, what's our next question? Do families watch the NASA channel to see their family members? So this is kind of a fun uh, question with the space shuttle going up, uh, went up for the first time in a number of years and uh, from American soil. And, you know, how do people keep in touch? Well, on the space station, I guess you could watch the uh, NASA channel because it shows just day-to-day life. There's cameras of what's going on in the capsule and the space station and the various things related to it. But the space station has regular internet access, just like we do here on Earth. So you can actually have a video call, like a Zoom call or a Hangout call with the station. So I think that both ways are probably used. The families can tune in. That's kind of fun to see what it is. But they can also make a call just like we would to each other down here on Earth. So they have normal communication. So they don't have to, like, be voyeurs and watch 
watch their family members on the on the TV? Not anymore. <laughs> At one time, it was limited like that, and there is still limited bandwidth and that type of thing. You don't have the cable internet connection, but they do have the capability to do full video calls and communication just like we would here. Is it possible to recover a deleted text message on Android? Yeah, this is another listener question that's come in a number of times, and actually this should really be extended to Android and iPhone, your smartphone in general. And the short answer to this is yes, but there's a lot of details and caveats that go along with it. And basically what it comes down to is when you delete a text message or really any file on your device, the device doesn't actually delete the message right away. It just tags it as available space on the storage drive within your device. So what happens is, is it's eventually overwritten, but there are utilities out there that can recover those files in a certain amount of time. So if you want to recover it, you, what you want to do is stop using your device and work on the recovery right away. But it's also good to know that sometimes if you delete something, it's not really deleted. And I'd like to invite everybody to take a look at our Text Wednesday article, because that's what we talk about this week in quite some detail at TheAnswerPortland.com. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Last week, we started talking a little bit about Star Trek, and we kind of had to wrap it up very quickly because we ran out of time. And uh, we wanted to take this a step further, and I've had some questions come in, some different things like that. So, you know, we talk a lot about Star Wars here and a lot about technology and pop culture and that type of thing, and the very much Star Trek's a part of that. It's been around longer than Star Wars, and it has a lot of fans. And where we dropped off was talking about the Enterprise series. And right. just to recap that again, what they've done a number of different series and movies over the years, starting in the 1960s. And Star Trek The Next Generation, the classic series, Deep Space Nine, we talked about last week, and we we're getting an Enterprise. And Voyager. And, and, and Voyager is another one. And, you know, just to take a look at kind of Enterprise and that type of thing. Now, this is my opinion, and I know everybody doesn't agree with me on this. But I thought it was very well acted, and I thought the sets were good, and I thought the first two seasons were good, and then they got stuck. At least that's what it yeah. felt like. The, the war, I wasn't fond of the war season. Uh, I felt like they wasted a lot of time on that, but I mean... Eh. And the sad thing, I, I really felt like that when they concluded the war, they really started to improve the acting, and you felt like there was a They were clue. getting into the swing of it. I felt oh, that, were, too. It, just, it was just like Next Generation. The first season of Next Generation is kind of stiff, and the writers are kind of stiff. And then as it goes on, everything seems to flow really well. And I really felt like Enterprise had started to hit that perfect um, balance. Uh, balance. Yeah. And I was really sad to see it end. You know, an interesting footnote on that, on Next Generation, Patrick Stewart apparently refused to unpack for like the first six episodes because yeah, he didn't yeah. think they were going to keep producing it. And finally, exactly. it a point where it's like, okay, maybe I better, you know, move in now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and then you had mentioned Voyager. Now, yeah. this has two schools of thought. It's almost as divisive as some of the new Star Wars movies. And <laughs> I... I don't know. I personal opinion. I've watched it a couple of times over the years. I liked it. I um, liked it. I didn't like it as much as Next Generation, but I didn't hate it. No, I, I was a little frustrated with some of their concepts that they'd had. Like the first two seasons, 
they're they're going along, they're trying to get out of the area, and they keep running into the same group of of bad guys oh, for what two seasons. Called? It's like oh. the Kazon. Oh, the Kazon. They had yeah. so this this Kazon group had so much territory, but they were technologically not as advanced. I it was just really frustrating for me that they just kept running into the Kazon. Yeah, and it seems like so. A recap of the series is it runs pretty much a, a complete set. And the idea is they get thrown out of their home galaxy and to this part of space that hasn't been explored. So I gave them the opportunity to bring in some new foes and some new friends and some different things like that and be able to deal with a lot of stuff that uh, they wouldn't have been able to otherwise. Yeah. It runs simultaneous as part of the storyline with Deep Space Nine in that the war that's happening in Deep Space Nine happens while they're away. And they finally, at some point, about halfway through, get some form of cu- uh, communication again home. And then they're able to find out about that, and that plays into the storyline. So there are some interesting parallels and that type of thing in there. But for most of it, the technology base would be just like Next Generation. It was that era. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was something that went through with that. And yes, it did seem like in there, there was a little bit of the idea of getting stuck, especially in the first two seasons. And, you know, they deal with the Borg a little later on and some things like that. But to me, it also felt like they rushed the, uh, through the end of that. Yeah, well, they they jammed up the closing sequence, you know, spoiler alert, they had to get home. Um, But there was a weird thing where they were still in Borg territory and they had to fight the Borg to do this other thing. And, you know, Borg, 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 Borg. You know, and sometimes when certain races become really popular, they just want to, it's like too much Fonzie in Happy Days. (laughs) And you just got to have lots of Fonz and the marketing people are going, yeah, we got to throw Fonzie in here and throw him in there and we'll just put Fonzie everywhere. And then when you have too much icing on the cake, it just tastes like icing. Yeah. And that's, <laughs> that's kind of where this is headed. I mean, we all know that cyborgs is the next step in human evolution. But the thing is, is that, you know, to have that so often and uh, coming up so much did seem like it kind of wore out the storyline a little bit. Right. And now we have Discovery, which is the current series. They've they've got another another set of series things planned there's going to be another animated series we've got picard there's another animated one yeah really well they've been planning it i don't know how far they've gone on doing that okay but now they're also talking about from this discovery timeline they're also talking about uh, an enterprise era of of stuff like that so it's just before kirk right and, you know, I'm hoping they don't mess up the, the technology so badly that it doesn't yeah. look anything like it. Yeah, because I, I, and at least they're using Christopher Pike, it yeah. looks like. And it looks like they have Spock and number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so those are those are good things. I'd like to see them uh, not do the technology that they did on Discovery because it, it looks wrong. It's really confusing. Now, is this and a it's series that's called Strange New Worlds, I think, is the working title, at least for yes. it? Yes. Yeah, we've seen little little blurb, uh, you know, about it. Not, you know, really enough to really tell anybody anything. <laughs> yeah, no, bits and pieces are out there. And you also mentioned the series Picard, which I thought was quite interesting. It's It's a little bit of a different direction different take and it's one did you finally get a chance I finally, to see it yeah i finally have watched it okay. and i have to say that if you don't watch the entire run you're going to end up with the wrong impression you need to watch it to the end that's like yeah. really yeah. important it's really important to watch the whole uh set of of series or the whole you know episodes. episodes yeah um because i think at the very beginning you're going to go, what is this? This isn't Star Trek. It's a different kind of Star Trek. You have to accept that. Right. The acting is beautiful. The sets are beautiful. Mm-hmm. 
um, there is like an almost an angry feeling, which is uncharacteristic of Star Trek to begin with. Yeah. So you have to watch it all the way that you have to, to watch conclusion. it all the way through. And it wasn't yeah. dark like some of the rebooted in the movies. It, it didn't have that so much. It just was a very different, you know, you kind of don't know who your friends are and who yeah. well, yes. are really kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, and it wraps up quite nicely. I think they did a good job. And we do get to see a lot of people. Seven of Nine is in it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Data is back. And, I, and, and there's a lot of characters that it's kind of cool to uh, be able to see everybody again. And Riker, I think really, Riker and um, Troy and Troy, yeah. <laughs> and I think they did a really nice job pulling it off. And it's a little more than the cameos. Like Troy was back in uh, Deep Space Nine, um, you know, for one episode I think or something. And they they had a few of them guest star. Uh, the other one was uh, Q that seems to turn up everywhere. But um, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you know, you he's know. kind of immortal. You know, yeah. <laughs> they're going to be immortal. I've seen a case actually made that Q was in the original series. And uh, one of the characters was like him as a child oh, or something. No, no, so. no, 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 no. That's not Q as a child. That's another Q. Oh, okay. You're thinking of Trelane. Yeah, Trelane. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He's a, he's a, he, it's possible he is part of the continuum, but we're not 100% sure. Certainly would make a case that the whole continuum is spoiled brats, but uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. So, but yeah, I think it's worth checking out and, uh, an animated series sounds very interesting. You know, we've had that done once, so it'll be kind of cool to see it again. Uh, Discovery is a matter of opinion. If you enjoy it, my opinion is, is I think they changed the characters too much in some ways. And the thing with the technology doesn't link up. I but, couldn't get past the Klingons. Yeah, the Klingons no. and stuff. So, But anyway, let us know what you think of it. Watch this stuff. Send us your questions and your comments. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. Great show this week. So, you know, talking about Star Trek and uh, some of the additional details on that, we had a listener question come in, and we talked about Mandalorian a while back, but you had mentioned the idea, if I can say the word, of some of the documentaries. Um, So what is that? Okay, this is these are on Disney Plus, mm-hmm. and they're pretty much right next to the regular Mandalorian series, mm-hmm. so you could find it near there. And uh, I, so far, I think there's been five. Yeah, there's one every Friday. Yeah, and 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 so there's going to be a new one this Friday. I think they're probably doing a total of maybe eight. Yeah, and um, they talk about what goes on in the behind the scenes. Yeah, you get the directors talking about you know how they accomplish certain things, and each episode seems to be about a specific kind of thing going on in the background. So first was talking about how the directors did their stuff and how they got all these directors involved. And then there was one of the special effects and they're going to talk about the volume. Um, and if you don't oh. know anything about the volume, be prepared to be completely blown. Away. Your mind is gone. Oh my gosh. And it is so cool. I, 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 I desperately want to go there. Because yes. <laughs> let's put it this way. The set that they shoot on is called the volume. And it's a series of digital walls and a digital ceiling. Okay. So you might think they're filming outside and they're not. They haven't filmed outside at all. Can you believe it? 
Now, that's yeah, and the, and the guy who plays um, Moff Gideon was saying that it was completely immersive for like the actors. Like all of a sudden, you're there. You you forget that you're on a a soundstage. Yeah, well, you don't have to film. Yeah, you, you're not filming. You know, with a little area of floor and everything else is green. And I really thought they had gone uh, to a location. Yeah, right. I would have thought didn't. that too. I just you know I uh, they, they were never outside. Wow, that's no, that's absolutely and incredible. You're like just it, it's it's completely mind blowing how they did it, and they go through how the the process of how they developed the the idea based on this other movie and this other movie and this other movie, and it's like, well, why don't we just do this? And they did that, and oh, that was the other thing. They said that George Lucas had thought of this idea like years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Right, and and I I don't think maybe we d- we we didn't have the technology yet no. to do so. So, so I, I just thought that was cool. <laughs> yeah, basically the idea that George wanted to do for the prequels with all the everything being there, that was where he was going. And he was ahead of his time because the technology didn't exist. Now it does. And he's like, well, yeah, this is what I was talking about. <laughs> no, that's really cool. The ability to do that. It's amazing, you know, and looking at some of the modern sound stages, how much this is advanced over what you might think of these things. I know personally I've run into that, not to the point of this. But, uh, you know, it's incredible. And there's two of these documentaries? Eight. There's There's five of them now. Oh, yeah, five of them. There's okay. going to be eight. Wow. Okay. Well, worth checking out. Disney Plus, and this is User-Friendly 2.0. Until next week, keeping you safe on the cutting edge. User-Friendly 2.0 is copyright 2020, User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. The views and opinions expressed in this show are those of the host and not necessarily User-Friendly Media Group, Inc. or the station. Music licensing by BMI. Hosting provided by WeAreTechnology.com. Podcast available at TheAnswerPortland.com or UserFriendlyShow.com.